Luke, I got to ask you about something uh, that's been bothering me since December of last year. Um, I, I've got to ask Coach uh, whether or not this has affected things in the program now that he's at the top of it. Uh, I don't know if people remember, but Dakota Kremens uh, was uh, able to interview you uh, during our Stag Bowl pregame show on d3football.com. And we'll show a little clip here. Okay. Do you like music? I do, kind of. Do you have a guilty pleasure song? I wouldn't say I have a certain song. What I'd say guilty pleasure is I sometimes listen to Glee music. TV show. <laughs> What's your favorite song? Can you give us a little bit? Uh, no, I cannot. <laughs> Luke, Glee music. I, I, I really, I, I'm concerned here. You know, you're another year older. You put on a little bit of uh, muscle mass from what I can tell compared to last year. So you're, you're focused on what's uh, up here. But tell me about this Glee music love that you have and how, how has it affected the team? Has it been added to the playlists at all in the weight room? Give us the full you know, view of what's going on there. Uh, it definitely has not been added to the playlist. Um, I think it was more like a freshman, sophomore year of high school thing. Uh, my friends got me to watch the show. And I don't know. I just liked how like they sang like different versions of the songs. And I also definitely think I panicked when Dakota asked me because I couldn't think of anything else. But I was like, <laughs> I did. I did used to listen to that a lot. It's perfect. So I there you it was go. Funny stuff. But yeah. Good. Coach, he also uh, wanted, I think the world record he wanted to break was something about the longest uh, trampoline jumping, uh, something along, or tumbling, something along those lines. Um, are you okay with him trying to break that record during season, or have you told him that he cannot be on any trampolines and do some results and all that stuff? There's probably some boundaries we should have there. Uh, and if he's going to do it, make sure those nets are up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's oh, words to live by right there. <laughs> I didn't see that coming when we did this. Uh, but anyway, uh, listen, guys, uh, you know, I, I look forward to maybe seeing you uh, in the next version of this video that we do this year, uh, Luke. Uh, you really are a trailblazer because we didn't know what we were getting into uh, when we did that video. It was the best thing we've ever done with E3Football.com, in my estimation, thanks to you, Luke, and some of your great answers. And we'll give uh, Kyle King and company uh, some, uh, you know, uh, credit for that as well. But you know, any, any any regrets on that video? Did you get any fallout from teammates? Anything once we played that 82 times on Twitter and everything else? Um, I don't think uh, much of the team said anything, but I know Dakota definitely gave me some uh, crap about it when uh, <laughs> when he asked me what I would uh, bring for show and tell, and I said, yes. division, if you guys remember that. That was also a panic. Long division answered it, I like to change my answer, so I have a virtual virtual reality headset, and that's what I would bring. Okay. That can be that's a little. <laughs> that's cool. Better than long division, I'd say. Look, you do realize it still makes you a geek, okay? That didn't change yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'd rather be a geek for VR than long division. Well, regardless, uh, we're going to hear a lot more from you and from Coach on this episode of season 15. Of in the huddle.
I'm just disappointed that Long Division is no longer the show-and-tell project for Luke Landon. What do you think? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, and, and the way he just, you know, he took it like a champ, you know. He, he got he got a little you know, messed around with by his teammates there, but he was still a freshman. No longer, he's the, the quarterback and leader of that team. Only a sophomore, but come a long way. We'll talk more with him in the show. Uh, by the way, we're no longer in Orlando, in case you couldn't tell. A city beautiful uh, has led to the city that doesn't sleep. That's right. Uh, New York Central city. Park. Behind us is uh, Central Park South, 59th Street, uh, for those uh, that extend past it. Uh, we are in Central Park here tonight. Uh, you came up. I came down from upstate New York. We said, let's do our Regions 4, 5, and 6 show in the grandest style possible in New York City, outside. The Big Apple, baby. Amen. <laughs> Forget about it. Hey. hey. But uh, we wanted to uh, kind of move a little fast in this show because we do have quite a few conferences to predict, uh, a lot of guests uh, that we have interviews with. Uh, I mean, a lot to go on here. Uh, for those that are wondering, on Thursday we're discussing maybe doing a kind of a live whip-around show for the Thursday opening night games. Friday I uh, might be making an appearance at a game that we won't tell you about yet, but we will go Twitter predictions uh, coming up. I guess that was kind of a hint. Right there? Was that? No. Yeah. no. Okay, just no, checking. No. And then uh, Saturday, uh, we may have a little bit of a uh, game day live uh, somewhere as well. So stay tuned for all that information. We will be uh, definitely updating you. We, we're not going to just sit still during opening weekend. No of way, this. man. I mean, technically, we're officially recording this eight days. Well, not even. Like a week away from the actual beginning of the season. Six days. Yeah, six. We're, we're, here we go, man. So let's let's get into it. Absolutely. Uh, let's start with Region 4. And uh, first, the MIAA, which was won in 2021 by Hope. And, uh, you know, after the beating their coach took in the sideline video that... Uh, I was trying. Well, that's who I'm picking. What? Yes, I'm picking oh. trying to win the MIAA. It's coming out swinging with some upset picks. And Albion is my team to watch. You are picking uh, the reverse order, actually. Albion is the team you think will win. Trine is the, the team uh, to watch. Uh, why Albion, though, for you? You know, I think a combination of their spring and fall season. The Brits have a pretty, um, you know, solid offense and and just a good. I think their their program's on the way up. So why not cause a little, you know, upset pick there? And uh, you know, even though the even though Hope looks almost exactly like Hobart, my alma mater, the, <laughs> you know, with the orange helmets and everything, I'm gonna go with a little. Curveball, go Brits. One of the rare uh, occasions, I think, in this entire uh, slew of shows where we do not have the team that won it the previous year anywhere in the list. It happens at least one other time yeah, that yeah, I can yeah. think of. Uh, so there is the MIAA. What we will look forward to is a high-powered offensive set, I think, throughout Absolutely. that conference, which makes it very unpredictable year to year, especially yep. now. So, uh, you know, take us for a grain of salt at this point with this whole uh, <laughs> set of picks for the MIAA. Yeah. With the NCAC, uh, DePaul won it last year yep. and uh, did decent in their opening round game. Uh, they, they stayed in it for a decent amount of time. Oh, they, snuck, they beat Rose Holman, I believe. Excuse me, yeah. In five, the second and, round. And they get to play each other in week one. So we got a, a playoff rematch in week one. More on that later. Yeah, let, me, let me correct myself. He's right. Go figure. First time for everything. <laughs> but I'm going to pick DePaul again to win the NCAC. And Wabash is my uh, team to watch. And this is interesting because we know that Wabash early season plays yeah. this team called North Central. More on them in a little while. Yeah. But, uh, but you pick Wittenberg to win it. 
and Denison as the team to watch. So yeah. why Wittenberg? Because that's a team that kind of has fallen out of the spotlight in the NCAC, uh, but they've always been a strong team, we know. Mm-hmm. Why Wittenberg this go-around? Yeah, I mean, this might be a bit of a flyer, but I think the fact that they've been scheduling some you know, East Region teams, kind of spreading out, getting, you know, getting into some different parts of the country, maybe that'll pay some dividends. You know, I know the NCAC didn't really get to experience spring football as much as some of the other conferences, but I don't know. Maybe call it a hunch. Maybe I'll be dead wrong. We'll see. Well, there is the NCAC. Uh, the HCAC, which we just were talking about, Rose Holman, uh, you know, a team that has become a bit of a perennial. Uh, they've stuck around, at least, from yep. uh, their first playoff appearance uh, before COVID. Uh, well, Franklin is my pick to win it. Hanover is my team to watch, which is a team that in the spring yeah. 2021 uh, was a team really that did better than most people would have expected. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, you have Rose Holman in Hanover in that order. Yeah. So uh, you believe there will be a repeat in the HCAC. Seems like it, yeah. That's <laughs> Wow, we actually agreed on something. <laughs> well, I said Franklin. Hold oh, on. you said Franklin? Okay. okay. Well, then, of course, it's, you know. Hanover we agreed with. Yeah, yep, yep. I mean, they had been kind of the, the team to beat in the HCAC for, for a while there. But, yeah, Rose Holman's come on strong. They have a very solid run game, tough defense. Uh, right now, they seem to be the, the right pick. We'll see what happens. Rounding out Region 4, there's only four conferences in Region 4, which is an interesting uh, situation, yeah. as is Small. the case in Region 5, uh, the OAC. But before we jump into our picks in the OAC, you know, every so often I will name a name uh, that we should go interview, and, you know, we, we take a chance because we don't know what we'll get all the time, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're really impressed by my picks. This go-around, you picked somebody that I didn't really know much about, John Murray Jr., running back Baldwin Wallace yep. and he's coming back for his basically sixth year you know throw COVID Medical and injuries or yep. whatever you want to call it yeah so he's he's you know had a lot of hardship along the way yep. uh, including the hardship that everybody faced pretty much across the board but boy what a story what a leader he is for Baldwin Wallace and we saw last year we saw last year uh, something that you know with John Carroll in that game, just how close it was, yep. how close they were to really turning a corner and getting into the OAC, uh, you know, let's say playoff spot that you, you often think there's going to be two playoff spots yeah. almost automatically for the OAC as long as everybody has one loss mm-hmm. uh, in uh, the conference situation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, they did not get there and uh, they are determined to get there this go around. So here is John Murray Jr. John, uh, this uh, preseason set of shows we're doing are really based on unfinished business and second chances, and I, I think you're a perfect fit for uh, this show for a number of reasons. Let's first talk about 2021. Uh, you, your team basically held Mount Union at bay in the game that uh, you played against them until some late touchdowns by the Mount, uh, and you still had a chance to make the playoffs, but that very close end-of-season game, obviously, a bit you, you and your team. But... You know, is this the year? Is this the year for Baldwin Wallace? Is there unfinished business as far as you and your team go? Take us through the end of last year to now and how this team is feeling. Uh, so, um, I definitely think you know after us, uh, you know, losing to the team from uh, University Heights, uh, you know, uh, being down. I mean, sorry, uh, being up uh, about eighteen points in the fourth quarter and losing that game. Um, I definitely do think that uh, we have a chip on our shoulder. And I think this year that 
um, we will overcome that obstacle. Um, and then, you know, we got Mount Union at the end of the year, um, which I think is definitely uh, a winnable game, like you know, always. So, John, for your individual efforts, you got recognized as a first team All OAC running back, also an All Region player um, for, for Region Four. Uh, going into this preseason, the coaches' poll looks like it just came out. You guys were, were ranked second in in the OAC with one first place vote, though. So there's somebody out there who thinks you guys can win the championship. What is it going to take um, for Baldwin Wallace to take that next step and and, and make that move into the playoffs? Um, I think for us to take that next step, uh, I mean, everybody has to continue to like buy in and stuff like that. You know, um, we we've had multiple OCs over the uh, past years. Um, and like also, I think we have young talent. Uh, I was just telling some of the receivers uh, during camp that this this receiving core reminds me of so much of, of 2018's um, receiving core that you know I have extreme confidence in these guys, uh, and you know, and I have extreme confidence in Coach Orts, which is our new OC as well. John, 2017 was your first year technically at Baldwin Wallace. You missed the season due to injury. Uh, so if I do the math here, 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, technically with COVID, your injury, this is six years at Baldwin Wallace. You don't have to do this. You don't have to prove anything to anyone realistically. And we, we've said this to other players before that have chosen to come back with the COVID year and eligibility and all that. But why you personally? Why are you coming back to do this one more time? Uh, uh, so like, to be honest, um, after that uh, loss um, to the from sorry after that loss uh, from the team from University Heights, um, uh, it was definitely a sour taste in my mouth um, after that game. Um, and like with me knowing I had an extra season as well, it's like I didn't get to go out on my shield, right? So uh, I'm just coming back to. Uh, finish some business. Um, I have to, you know, take down both of those teams, and like that's the that's my whole motivation for this season. Um, I'm in grad school as well, so yeah. that's great. Well, you, you mentioned the new offensive coordinator. Um, without giving away any company secrets, are there any um, new wrinkles that you that uh, some Baldwin Wallace fans and OAC fans might see that's a little bit different from the the offenses of years past? Uh, just know it'll 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 be a, a real exciting offense, uh, the greatest show on turf. You know that's my that's my mindset with it. Ah, uh, he's not giving away the company secrets for sure. There, he just gave it as a little bit of a tease. That's about it. Appreciate that though, uh, and I'm sure your coaches do too. So. Yeah. I, 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 I love the fact that you call them the team from University Heights. Uh, it's it's not being lost on us as we have this discussion, and so uh, we won't name the, uh, the team either. But let's let's look at the entirety of the OAC because you've been around long enough to know now that there's obviously the top of the crop that's perennially there, and everybody's asking the question: How do you beat this team? Is this team beatable? Uh, as time goes along, everybody thinks that they're going to fade away. They don't. How important or how big would it be if Baldwin Wallace was finally able to do it this season and take down the mount, especially with the positioning of that schedule, as you pointed out this year? Um, I think it will be extremely important, you know, uh, just, to, you know, get that get that uh, yellow jacket, you know, like atmosphere back, you know, from and you, you, you hear stories about the 80s and the 90s when like BW were um, at the top of the OAC. And I think this team can definitely 
uh, do it. I mean, I have extreme confidence in everybody around me on offense, defense, special teams as well. Um, so I do think if we were to beat them, like it would, it would just be a dream come true for all of us. I think. Well, John, and this is obviously not in any you know player or coach's control, um, but it has a it has its good and bad points, right? So I'm looking at your schedule here. Three road games to open up the season. Uh, you guys are at Mount jo Mount St. Joseph in a, on 130. I think uh, you're originally from Cincinnati, right? So that's kind of a home, yeah, a yes, little home game for you. Yeah, um, it is, but it is. the nice thing is the back half of your schedule, you know, that's you know, one, two, three, you know, four, four home games in the, in the, in the you know, in the back half. So um, looks like you guys are going to have to be a little bit of road warriors this year. Um, what do you think are some of the, the positives and negatives of having a lot of these, you know, a lot of these road games for just whatever reason? Um, I think uh, some of the positives for sure. Um, it's like definitely helping the team mesh uh, together. I know um, last season when we took the trip down to heaven in Sydney, um, I think that was the closest that I've like, probably ever been uh, with the team. And it was just basically off of that trip right there. You know, we had left on a, uh, I think Wednesday or Thursday, you know, stayed in uh, two or three uh, hotels. You know, like we, we were just doing a whole bunch of activities together. So I think having those role games, like you just, uh, you know, you, you just get it, like get away from football. You know, granted it is a business trip, but you can get away from football, you know, and just like, like relax and, you know, uh, enjoy our like time together. I think the uh, negative of it really would be, um, you know, just getting a big head, you know, because I mean, the, the like, first two matchups, you know, they're not, you know, you know, really like, like top tier. So I think um, like us just being on the road and just being away from home, I just, I just feel like that, that could be like a backlash from that, you know, we just thinking that we're just like hot stuff. And then week four, when we're finally at home, you know, we get hit in the mouth. So I think just keeping us grounded, right. That, that, that like, those three weeks, I'm sorry to, uh, you know, be prepared for the home opener versus on you. So. Yeah, this is going to be interesting for sure uh, with that uh, schedule stacked the way it is. And uh, I know a lot of teams try to avoid, you know, too many home games, too many away games up front. Sometimes they don't have the uh, opportunity to choose in that respect. I, I get that fully. But, you know, it, it's uh, it's if you're road warriors enough, hey, then you're going to have home cooking for a little while this season. So uh, we'll see how this uh, lands for you and your team. Uh, John, you said you're in grad school. Uh, what what is the future after uh, this? Uh, you know, go at the, the gridiron and everything else here. What is your future uh, going to be? Is football going to be part of it in any way, shape, or form with all the uh, new leagues out there? Because you are a force to be reckoned with. That's for sure on the ground. Uh, what is uh, the future for you? Uh, so for me, I would definitely love to get an opportunity to like play in a league. You know, um, after this, I think I can definitely do it. I think I still have to skill set and the talent to do so um and though like, even if football doesn't work out i do want to become an um, athletic director and you know help out you know kids get to the uh you know, d3 d2 d1 etc you know just because i come from the inner city so i think being like being able to go back and like, give back to those kids would be uh, amazing because i know football was my way out so i would want to do that for you know other student athletes with like multiple sports just to follow up, how proud is your family of what you've been able to accomplish? Because, uh, it, you know, the backstory is pretty much that uh, this is pretty special uh, for you to achieve what you've gotten to here with Baldwin Wallace and everything that's going to come forward from here. How important has this been for your family in terms of your journey? Um, my mom and dad, you know, are like extremely supportive and they text me all the time just 
talking about how they're like proud of me uh, on the field and off the field. You know, just uh, me being from Cincinnati and coming up here uh, to Cleveland, Ohio, just having to uh, adapt and like adjust um, and, and like uh, really just become a man. You know, up here, I'm 23 years old now. Um, I left home when I was 18. I haven't looked back. So, um, you know, just them just like always encouraging me and stuff like that, I think is. Uh, shows me their support and their like uh, appreciation for me. So. Well, John, speaking of appreciation, we have a little tradition that we've been doing for 15 seasons now, particularly for um, the student athlete guests on the show. And thank you for, for joining us. And we look forward to following the Yellow Jackets uh, this season. But John, this is your opportunity that you have the floor to um, put forth any shout outs to uh, player, fellow players, former, you know, former teammates, uh, parents, uncles, aunts, whoever you, whoever you got, um, the floor is yours. John Murray Jr. for Baldwin Wallace. Thank you. Uh, I would definitely like to shout out, you know, uh, my family, like who, who I just spoke on, um, you know, they're like support and stuff like that has been amazing over these like, five or six years I've been up here in Cleveland. Um, shout out to coach Hilver, you know, the whole coaching staff, uh, you know, for taking a chance on me, I played one year of high school football, man, and, and like and the whole coaching staff um, brought me in with open arms, and I've, you know, uh, never looked back as far as, you know, like wanting to go anywhere else or anything like that. So I definitely appreciate them. Uh, appreciate the uh, offensive line always, you know, like those guys uh, do all the heavy lifts and I just run, right? Um, appreciate, you know, just, you know, everybody in the uh, BW community as far as teachers, um, the president, you know, uh, Custodians, everybody, you know, because uh, without everybody's, um, you know, like uh, effort, I think like us as Yellow Jackets, as far as the football team, like we weren't like have the success that we've had, you know, because it's it's the it's the small things, right? You know, people are going to pick up the food for us and stuff like that, and doing laundry, you know, just et cetera, et cetera. So I just really big shout out to everybody, man, because I know everybody plays a part, you know, in uh, helping us out. So. So, okay, John Murray Jr. Uh, great story. What absolutely. a great guy. Um, you know, was one of those things, like you said, I, I wasn't really, you know, sure, um, like, who to pick from Baldwin-Wallace. I felt that the way their season ended last year, what, you know, definitely fit our theme of unfinished business because to basically have that big lead, if they won that game against John Carroll, they were definitely going to be a Pool C team, 9-1 and one out of the OAC. Really tough way to, to, to go out, and so it makes sense that guys like John and some of the other uh, fifth-year seniors are coming back. This Yellow Jacket team feels like they, you know, they have a shot. Uh, why not? Yeah, uh, you know, this is the interesting thing. I pick Mount Union to win. I pick Baldwin Wallace as the team to watch. You pick Mount Union to win. John Carroll is the team to watch, which is kind of fitting here. Mm -hmm. The team in University Heights, I guess, is yeah. what we should yeah, say. The, the team from University Heights. <laughs> yes, right. but uh, Cleveland Rocks. But you know something. I learned a little bit, I think, about Mount Union in that two-game set, the Muhlenberg game, and then the North Central game last year in the playoffs. That I don't know. I feel like in any any other year in the past two decades, they easily win those games or yeah. at least don't have two games in a row where they struggle and or lose. Yeah, they were nail-biters, man. They really were. You had an yeah. overtime game versus uh, Muhlenberg in quarterfinals. Uh, you had what really ended up not being a nail-biter after halftime, the yeah. NCC game. But I'll tell you, JB, if there's a year for one of the OAC teams to beat Mount Union, and I know I'm going to be getting a lot of hate mail for this one, 
this is probably the year for it to happen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll find we'll out. See. Braxton Plunk comes back, obviously, with his yeah. receiving core and everything else, and the defense is still prime. But well, it and, feels, and it feels like they're coming up along the, from the backside right now. I, I agree with you, but there's also, I mean, I saw there were at least two, if not more, voters of the D3Football.com national poll that picked them number one. So there are some people out there that feel like Mount Union is the, the best team coming back, even though you know the Crusaders from UMHB won the national championship. Plunk is a, probably a big reason for that. He's an excellent quarterback, even though he's undersized. Former guest. Yeah, former guest on the show. Probably Tam- never again after I just did that. <laughs> yeah, Tampa, Tampa product from Plant High School. You know, golden arm. He's got a great receiving core, great team. So you never know with the Raiders. I mean, they're always in it. So we'll see what happens. Let's go to uh, the NACC in Region 5 uh, up next here. And Aurora won it last year. But, you know, you lose an all-everything quarterback to graduation. Yep. Gavin Zimbelman. And, you know, what, yeah. what do you expect from that team? Well, you expect them still to win. You pick St. Norbert as a team to watch. I pick it in reverse again. St. Norbert is the uh, team that might win this. Okay. And Aurora as the team to watch. Yep. I I just think that losing that quarterback is going to give them an off year here. You have enough confidence that they stay atop them. Yeah, I just think, you know, Coach Beebe has been pretty consistent and they've shown the ability to kind of recruit and reload. They've been to the playoffs. That obviously you know raises the profile of the program. You know, having a former NFL head coach, well, uh, player you know, now head coach, um, you know, certainly helps from a recruiting standpoint. We'll see what happens. Okay, so the NACC goes that way. How about the Midwest Conference, the MWC? Lake Forest won last year with that 10-0 record, and yep. they were given that great gift of playing St. John's right off the bat. Thanks to the committee for that one. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great way to treat the former committee chair. Here you yeah. go. Well, you know what else is a good way to treat the former committee chair? By not picking his team, JB. You picked Chicago to win and Rippin as the team to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, Chicago's got that, you know, he's the first team all preseason All-American running back. I mean, I think he led the nation in rushing yards. You know, it, it is tough to, to run it back. Uh, you know, Coach Cat, I'm sure, has the you know, has the uh, the players to do it. But, I don't know, for some reason it feels like maybe with a second chance, you know, unfinished business, Chicago might be the team this year. Cat, don't worry, I got you. You're winning this conference this year. Midwest Conference goes to Lake Forest, in my estimation. <laughs> Chicago is the team to watch, I still think, as you're pointing out, that they are still going to be a strong team. The Maroons will be one to watch indeed. Hey, JB, I heard we're not the team you want to watch this year. I guess over the last three seasons, you spent enough time covering Lake Forest. I think you got some pretty good hot takes over there looking at the University of Chicago and Rip, and I think they're both going to be improved teams. But don't forget about us. Let's go to the CCIW, and uh, we'll have another conversation this time. And we're going to have a coach and a player. This is Brad Spencer, the new head coach for North Central after Jeff Thorne moved on to Western Michigan as an assistant coach. And uh, I think preparing to face his uh, son, uh, Peyton. Yeah, week one. Yeah, in uh, week one. So that's an interesting family uh, story coming up there. (laughs) We'll stay out of that, and we'll tell, tell you instead about this family. Luke Lanen and Coach Spencer talked to us. I especially pay attention to the uh, question I asked about pressure with respect to the tradition now that is NCC football. Luke, Coach, uh, you know, our preseason shows are really centered around unfinished business and second chances, and what better grouping uh, right now than uh, your team, really. Uh, Luke, I'm going to start with you. Uh, 
things were flying along last season. You as a freshman quarterback were uh, having a great season. Then the buzzsaw that was Mary Harden Baylor uh, came along in the championship game. And now you kind of sit here uh, with that taste in your mouth and a new season upon us. Is there unfinished business for your team, for you, coming up this 2022 season? Uh, I would say there definitely is some unfinished business. Uh, after the game last year, I mean, everybody knows how it went, but that's definitely not a way I wanted to send those seniors out. So I know this upcoming year, we got a lot of fifth-year guys coming back, and I definitely don't want to send them out the same way. So I'm hoping for a different result this year. Coach, you're an alum of, of North Central. You've been a longtime coach, prior offensive coordinator. Um, now, now as the head coach, how have things changed a little bit? I know you have Coach Studeman going to be you know, taking over taking over the offense, but what's been some of the transition had um, taking over as head coach since the off season. Sure, um, I mean there's a, there's a lot of little changes becoming the head coach. Um, you know, from the day to day to the global, um, you know, perspective. Uh, I was actually just on the phone with uh, the University of Chicago's head coach, and, and he's in his first year there, and. We kind of joke that uh, we're both going through it together, but at the same time, it's a little different for me since it's the 19th year that I've been at North Central. Um, you know, personally, I love it. it. It gives me an opportunity to, you know, mentor uh, and have relationship with everybody on the team, not just the offense or the position group that I'm working with. Uh, so that's been a great transition for me. Uh, it's something that uh, I, I think is a, a strength for me uh, in, in being able to you know, have my door open and, and make relationships with everybody. I'm very fortunate that our coaching staff uh, has stayed together. Uh, you know, Coach Studeman running our offense, Coach Jerking running our defense, Coach Wood running our special teams. Uh, so, you know, the day-to-day -day, um, is pretty consistent for us. Um, there's a lot of continuity and continuation. Uh, and then for the kids, it's just trying to give them the same great experience that they've had and if there's little ways here and there that, you know, I have to put my touch on it because that's what works for me better than, than we do it. But uh, I've been fortunate to be a part of this for 19 years and, and worked for two great head coaches that uh, have really paved the way for, for all of us that are still here. Um, you know, now it's, it's our job to, you know, hold up that tradition, um, you know, keep playing the same great football that we've played and, you know, hopefully try and, you know, keep forging, you know, the North Central College football name uh, forward with with all the great programs that that we're competing with who have you know had the success that they've had for the last 10 15 20 years and i guess this is a little little tongue-in-cheek and this can go to either one of you guys but um and, and you were busy uh playing in the in the playoffs but we frank and i had a little you know we did like a live broadcast show watching you know dropping in watching the game so we had uh, coach donaldson from heidelberg and it was great having an actual coach on the show with us because he was like Oh, there's a power play. They're calling another power run there. I mean, obviously for fans that you know that know North Central, they, they know the power run is a big part of your offensive strategy. Is that going to change at all a little bit, or are you guys sticking with what works uh, going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think every single week you change a little bit depending on what uh, the team across the field from you is doing. Um, I mean, it's no secret that got the majority of our offensive line back. Uh, we have our running backs back and we had a lot of success last year running the football and, you know, having a quarterback that can run the football as well was a little bit of a, a shift for us. Uh, you know, Brock 
Rudder being our quarterback for four years. Uh, he was a different type of uh, animal on the field than Luke is. So, you know, we were able to open up our playbook a little bit more last year. And, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if they didn't say we're going to continue to do that, continue to build on those strengths. Um, you know, sometimes you're, the best thing you can do is build on the strengths that you have uh, and really try and keep developing, um, you know, those players and those schemes. You never want to ask your players to do something they can't do. Uh, it's the number one rule of coaching is ask guys to do things they can do. Uh, and that's play to their strengths. But, um, you know, Luke's ability to throw the ball downfield, his ability to run the ball, I think it matches up great with uh, our running game. Luke, uh, your coach talked about Brock Rudder, uh, somebody that graduated off. But I want to talk about somebody else that graduated off and uh, his profound effect, I believe, on you. But I want you to put it in your words. And obviously, I'm talking about Andrew Kaminsky, uh, wide receiver, who uh, is uh, off uh, trying to uh, sow his uh, possibilities in pro football, obviously. We're wishing him well, as I interviewed him in the offseason. Uh, but, you know, not having him out there this year, how different is it going to feel? How different will it feel, I should say, without him out there? And what was the effect he had on you in your freshman season at North Central, in your own words? Um, it'll definitely feel a little bit different because um, obviously he was really experienced. He was really good. And it was always nice knowing that you have somebody out there that's always knowing what they're doing. You don't need to remind them, hey, do this. And then times he was sometimes coaching me. Uh, just like with different pass plays and stuff that we had. And he was also like a mentor to me. Um, really taught me how to be a good leader. I like just from observation and from conversations that we had. Uh, taught me how to watch film from time to time. We watched together. Um, just like big stuff like that is really what stuck with me from Andrew's time here. And uh, I mean, he's been able to help with us a little bit this fall camp, like when he has time. So, uh, I mean... He'll be helping out our new receivers coming in. And we have D'Angelo Hardy that's been here two years with Drew, two, I mean, three years because of COVID. But, um, so, I mean, a lot of the guys coming in have learned from Drew in the previous year. So um, he's really had a good effect on our players here. Well, you guys technically don't get started until week two. You're uh, traveling to Wabash, another you know, great Division three program. Uh, you're, in fact, you're on the road, it seems, the first couple of weeks of your season. You don't have a home game until the end of September. Um, now that you guys have started classes back up, the preseason is sort of over. Is the is it still time? Is there still a little preseason stuff happening as, as school kicks off? Or is it, okay, we're, we're, we're game planning for Wabash, and, and that's what's happening right now? Yeah, we're, we're doing a little bit of both. Um, you know, we have, we have a scrimmage coming up, so... Uh, right now, we're still kind of focusing on us and, and putting players out there to evaluate them. Uh, but at the same time, as the coaching staff, uh, you're looking uh, to that week one game and, and starting to develop game plans and uh, how you want to practice different schemes. Uh, so it's a little bit of both. Uh, but yeah, I broke camp last night. Um, you know, so the, the all-day meetings and things like that for our players are uh, over for now, uh, except for the weekends. Uh, so that they can get to class and everything but you know as as a program you're usually you're always into something and you're still working on the next thing uh, and so that's a little bit of, of where we're at um, certainly still trying to figure out some depth at positions um, 
you know, and, and even figure out some starters at positions as well. Um, you know, you want to keep the competitive juices flowing, so to speak. Uh, so we're still creating opportunities in practice uh, for guys to, you know, go live and, and make plays and, and see what they can do, especially the young ones. Uh, you know, our older players, we kind of have an idea of where they're at, how they're going to perform, what they can do. Uh, but you still want to give some of the younger players an opportunity to show themselves uh, before we get into, you know, week one at Wabash, who's an excellent opponent. Um, we feel like it's a playoff level game. Uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere. We're excited for the trip. It's good to get our guys on the road and uh, get them together and, and get them used to that type of, um, you know, schedule. Um, you know, leaving campus and traveling, stay over, staying overnight, uh, staying in hotels, uh, that sort of thing. But, you know, our older guys are pretty accustomed to that uh, with, you know, the last two playoff runs we've had. Uh, but we're looking forward to it. And, and Wabash is certainly a, a top program. They have a great history uh, in athletics, not only football. It's a great institution. Uh, they have a new facility they built a year or two ago. Uh, so we're really looking forward to that opportunity. And the rumor is they always fight, as uh, their slogan goes, so uh, you're going to learn it firsthand on the field. I, I want to ask you both, and we'll start with, we'll start with Luke and uh, Coach after he's done, go ahead and take uh, your shot at the answer. Uh, another missing component is obviously Coach Thorne uh, at the helm, and when it comes down to it, you know, Brock Rutter, Andrew, Coach Thorne were all kind of a crux of the national championship scenario in 2019. Uh, is there a pressure, do you feel at all here, that they have established this new uh, benchmark of winning a national championship and anything short of it at North Central now is going to be not necessarily a disappointment, but just something a, little, a level down? Do you feel this pressure to perform and to lead this team in a way that it's all the way national championship? And does that at all perhaps maybe get away from that game-by-game -game focus that a lot of coaches preach day in and day out on this show as much as anywhere. Go ahead, Luke, first. Um, I would say there's really no pressure for us. I mean, Coach Spencer said being a camp to the leaders of this team, he said pressure is self-inflicted. So, I mean, others can't put pressure on you like the media or the fans or other colleges. They can't put pressure on you to win the national championship. That is like our standard here. So, I mean, the only pressure that we would have is if we make ourselves have pressure for it. So I personally don't think there's any pressure. We're just going to take it uh, week by week and uh, hopefully end up in the national championship and hopefully be on the winning side this year. Yeah, and to add to, to what Luke said, I mean, um, you know, I, John Thorne, I, I think, got us to a certain level and um, – you know, then when Jeff took over as the head coach, we were able to, you know, kind of take another step. And, you know, certainly I like to, you know, joke that the room at the top of the ceiling is, is not very big. You know, having been to the, the last two national championships, um, you know, in a, a lot of ways, like Luke said, that's become the standard of the expectation. Um, but at the same time, I think if you're focusing on the controllables, you're focusing on yourself, you're focusing on what you're doing day to day, um, and not focusing on the result, then, you know, things will fall into place. Um, there's a lot of, you know, external factors that go into the result of a football game. Um, the opponent, the other team, uh, injuries, referees, uh, the field surface, those are all things you can't control. 
and, and so if you get too caught up on worrying about what the result is instead of worrying about what your input is uh, and what you're doing day to day, then I, I think you can fall into some of those traps of, uh, you know, feeling pressure or, you know, expect external expectations. Uh, so we're, you know, and, and this is no different, you know, John and Jeff are the same way, you know, worry about where your two feet are and controlling what you can control. And uh, I know that's a, that's a big part of who I am and how I really live life is uh, controlling your controllables, be where your feet are, uh, and then let, let's see where the results go. Um, you know, of course our goal is to be in the national championship. Of course our goal is to win the national championship. Um, you know, but that almost has to be separate from what your mission is. And, uh, you know, our mission here has always been developing uh, champions on and off the field, uh, you know, making all American husbands, fathers and teammates. And, and that that's never going to change as long as I'm the head coach. And uh, that's how it was with John. That's how it was with Jeff. That's what I've learned the last 18 years. Uh, and that's truly what I believe in, uh, having a holistic approach to coaching and, you know, getting to know these young men, getting to know their lives, feeding into their lives and who they are as people, not just athletes. Um, that will get you the results that you want. Um, and so I, I think, no, uh, I, I don't necessarily feel pressure to do that. Um, you know, certainly people will ask that and, and, and maybe other people see it that way. Um, they're, you know, Jeff's a great coach. Uh, he got us to new levels. Uh, nobody can dispute that. Uh, he's going to do a great job at Western Michigan. I have zero doubt about that. Um, you know, and, and we're just, you know, trying to do our thing here and, you know, keep building on this tradition, you know, and, and, and keep taking, you know, more and more steps so that uh, we can be, you know, in 20 years mentioned with, you know, the Whitewaters and um, the Mount Unions, Mary Hart Baylors, um, you know, they all have history on us. Uh, and, and so for us to, to not point that out or admit that would be foolish. Um, you know, they have more history than we do, and we're trying to get there. Uh, and I think you do that by focusing one day at a time, each practice at a time, each workout at a time, you know, not getting too concerned with way down the road things. You know, right now it's, we need to prepare to beat Wabash. I was going to say it better myself. I think the only thing I would add coach is to the list of goals is that sometime in December in Annapolis, you want to see a guy in a sparkly jacket walking along the sideline with a microphone in his hand. If you, if you see that guy at that time, you know, that you did something right and that you're in the right place. So hopefully we'll, hopefully there'll be another spotting of, of Sparkle Man. Um, and, uh, you know, as the proverbial newer kids, um, uh, you know, establishing history as championship program here in Division III, um, we would like to invite both Luke and you, Coach, being, a, being the, the new guy, you know, 20 years in the making here. It's <laughs> the first time as a new head coach. Um, a chance to give uh, any shout-outs, any family, friends, um, any, anyone you'd like to say, uh, say hello to before we wrap things up here. And thanks again for joining us for our preseason special. Yeah, we're hoping to see Frank on our sideline, too. We saw him last year, but we didn't get to talk to him afterwards. So, you know, as you said at the opening, there's still some unfinished business uh, and some opportunities out there that we'd like to, you know, take advantage of, uh, you know, this year on the East Coast, hopefully. Um, I guess I'll shout out my family, my mom, my dad, 
and my three siblings that have always supported me, Sydney, Caitlin, and Blake. Um, I want to shout out all the fifth years on the team for coming back. Um, this year is definitely for them. Everybody's playing for them. They paused their lives to come back. So definitely shout out them and shout out the coaching staff. Shout out Coach Spence. Hope to hoist that trophy for him his first year. And then uh, I'll give a shout out to our athletic training staff and Lauren Paulsgrove, our head AT for football and all the work that they do keeping us healthy. So heading into the interview, I saw, talked about that pressure question, and that you was and a great I great response yeah. by, by both guys. I mean, Luke especially because he's you know he's the nineteen or you know twenty something year old uh, young man there. I I was blown away by that, and that's exactly the right attitude to have, and that's probably why this team is going to once again be in the top one, two, or three teams in the nation and, and will be expected to compete for a national championship. They don't have an easy schedule. Wabash no. will be no pushover for them. Obviously, Wheaton is right in the first four games as well, yeah. uh, right at the beginning like of October. five or something like yeah. that, yeah. Right at the top of October. I think October 1st or something yeah. like that. Conference play, yeah. But you got to understand that this team, in terms of unfinished business, they're serious about this. Luke looks like he put on a good 10, 15 pounds of muscle yeah, in looks, the offseason. He's big, yeah. Yeah, and we were joking, uh, the Dakota Cremins interview from uh, Stagbull, remember, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he talked about how he lo felt he, he looked so small compared to those Mount Union guys on TV sometimes. Well, maybe he took it to heart because uh, he definitely has beefed up. He has hit the weight room for sure. Yep, and so they are not kind of just licking their wounds over there. They're kind of salivating at the next season coming up. Uh, starting a little late for them compared yeah. to other teams, but yeah. I Week will two. pick and you will pick North Central to win the CCIW. Yeah. I picked Wheaton as a team to watch still. Even if they lose that game, I think they are still primed for a playoff slot, mm -hmm. especially if they win their Week 1 game against who? Trinity? <laughs> that's it. Well, it's technically in week two, I think. Is it? Okay. Yeah, well, so that's it. Threw me off a little curveball there. But JB comes through with the hit. Good point. This is why we got to get the schedule uh, sheet out here. But uh, no, it, it's an early season prime matchup. If yeah. they can win it's that a game. Huge game. I mean, that's, it huge starts game. to set you up for a game like the North Central game for Wheaton. Yeah. Uh, you picked Augustana as a team to watch. Okay. I, floor is yours. Yeah. I mean, the Augies are just, I think, from a combination of their um, you know, social media, kind of seeing who they're bringing back. It's an experienced team, especially on the offensive, defensive lines. Um, they went five and five last year, I believe. I think this is a team that's going to take the next step. You know, they may not, you know, win the, the championship, but I feel like they could maybe have some wins along the way, eight and two, maybe seven and three. Maybe we'll see them in the uh, what is that? The new uh, bowl. We got to get the name on that one. I just realized that we got to remember that. It's like we'll find it during the next interview. Actually, outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead of stopping tape, we'll power through this. But uh, no, you again. You picked Augustana's team to watch. I picked Wheaton. Both, I think, good choices. Yeah. It's just a question of, uh, you know, with that schedule Wheaton has, does it push them down the loss column a little more than normal? And Augustana maybe yeah. gets the game against it. We'll see uh, how that works out. And finally, ARC in Region 5 uh, Central. Uh, <laughs> Blaine Hawkins, uh, the quarterback, has graduated off the Gallardi Trophy winner. Not Haskins. Correct. But I, I'll tell you one thing. I, just, I was thinking the other day about the memories of you know, announcing him as the uh, winner and the video yep. that we had of everything. And it was just a special moment. And hopefully we get to actually do it in person again uh, this year cool, when yeah. we're in Annapolis for the uh, Stag Bowl this go-around. We'll see what happens. 
but I'm still picking Central. I think they have a, the crux of a really good team still, even without Blaine. Talent, yep. And I, I pick Wartburg is the team to watch, a team that's kind of faded off a little bit in some people's estimations. Yeah. But I think they're going to be back. You know, the one thing you learn about D3, even after COVID, is that teams that have faded off a little bit it seemed to always stick around in the long run. Mm-hmm. So when you see a name disappear from the forefront for a little while, don't be shocked when they come back. Warburg's that team for me that they might be knocking on that door and seeing who's going to be calling uh, around playoff time. Yeah, well, I know one guy named Logan Hansen is going to like that pick. <laughs> hey, Logan, you pick Coe and Dubuque in that yeah. order. Yeah. Okay, so what do you see in Coe that you uh, like so much? You know, I just think that they were they were pretty close last season. You know, the, they I think this could be a situation where they take that next step. You know, once again, we have sort of an unprecedented time of a lot of uh, fifth-year seniors coming back and trying to you know make that next step. I, this could be a conference where that happens. You know, Dubuque is a little further down on the pecking order, but I also feel like they could potentially surprise some teams along the way. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. It's the Cousin Subs Lakefront Bowl. I knew bowl. it was like a sandwich or something. <laughs> it was like the sandwich bowl. Yeah, the sandwich bowl. <laughs> Sounds like something we'd order in New York City. Yeah. Oh, actually. the sandwich bowl to go. Yeah, totally. <laughs> now, the Cousin Subs Lakefront Bowl is the uh, bowl game that you were uh, looking for. It's going to pit the uh, runners up from the MWC and the NACC on November 19th, 2022. Yeah. Coming from the f- same folks that brought you the Culver's Isthmus, Isthmus Bowl. Yep easy for me to say not so much i feel like we're doing a, a this is like crunch time with our highlights we should, you know it's like touchdown passes can you, you know there's the, that little jam in the background you know hey if i'm doing promos right now i, I should say that hey uh i got when i uh, came here to new york city today i got to see my barber for 14 years even though i don't live here anymore i still very come nice, and, very I, and i'm gonna show high and tight mikey dynamite my uh his nickname uh down at wise guys barbershop so some of our viewers from new york city 14th Street between 7th and 8th Avenue. Uh, they do great work there. Benny and uh, Junior, Jets. Mikey Dynamite, whatever you want to call them, uh, in company are all uh, top notch. So appreciate them for doing hair and makeup today, except without the makeup. Yeah, you know, for 46 and 40 something uh, years old, <coughs> 48. Uh, we're not doing too bad here. Right we don't need makeup there. quite yet. Not yet. Maybe we should. Maybe. Yeah. Well, let's move on to Region 6 here. Now that comic relief and promos are over. Uh, and the uh, Mayak, I believe, is the correct pronunciation of this one. Mayak? Mayak? I think it's the Mayak. Mayak? We'll yeah. talk about that okay. in a sec. Yeah. Uh, St. John's won it last year. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's a tough one, but I still pick St. John's to win it. But Bethel is the team to watch. Rosti is a great quarterback. Sounds like he's put on some weight, according to Coach Johnson, okay. uh, this offseason. You do pick Bethel, though, and yep. Augsburg as the team to watch. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't think St. John's will finish second or not finish yeah. second. It means that this is the team that might outperform ultimately. Yeah, I mean, and St. John's has got that, you know, that opener. I think it's Whitewater in week one. I mean, they they have a really tough off-conference, you know, out-of-conference schedule. Their in-conference schedule is tough as it is. They barely won their uh, conference last season. And so, I don't know, it just feels like maybe Bethel, second chance, they might get the job done. Augsburg, I think maybe it's just like an Augie thing. I just like Aug, you know. Like <laughs> if, if a team's got an Aug in it, I'm like, okay, they sound great. Let's go. We better talk loud enough because there's music that will uh, give us a, a DMCA notice yeah, in, <laughs> in uh, like, Facebook. Yeah. So we'll uh, try to keep talking loud and say in the Skyac, 
Uh, Redlands had won in 2021, yep. and I will pick, and you will pick Redlands, and the team double to watch, dollars. I will pick, and you will pick Cal Lutheran. This is a rare double agreement by us, yep. as you pointed out earlier, and I just don't see who's going to step up in that conference to really dethrone them right now. Yeah, it seems like after that great run and great team that Chapman had in like 2019, that they kind of took a little dip. I mean, COVID really crushed the West Coast pretty bad. I mean, those those guys really didn't have a chance to, to really do anything um, for a couple of years there. So I think they're catching up. Uh, we'll see what happens. In the UMAC, Greenville wins last year, but it just seems like such a jumble in that conference. They had a little bit of COVID effect as well yeah. uh, during last season. So uh, I'm picking Martin Luther to win it and Minnesota Morris as the team to watch. You pick Greenville in, uh, to repeat, though, in Minnesota Morris as the team to watch. Yeah. We don't have enough info to give you a lot of in-depth on this conference. Uh, we'll hopefully, we'll get some guests from the UMAC this season. We uh, have yeah. not had that happen as of yet. So, yeah. But uh, we have uh, featured some games in our uh, crunch time. Blitzers and whatnot, yeah. yeah. So, you know, this is a conference that is seen as one of the weaker conferences in the entire D3. But, hey, they still get a playoff spot. and. Yeah. You know they could Access. they could give somebody a fit if they have enough momentum going into the playoffs at some point. Yep. In the Northwest Conference, the NWC Linfield are uh, we, we've got some friends uh, out in the, the Linfield land uh, there yep. that are looking forward to who we're picking here. Yes. And I will say they will repeat despite the graduation of uh, White Smith and everything else yeah, going he was on. Great. Uh, oh, yeah. I believe that they still have the crux and the power out there to win it. So Linfield and Whitworth, still the team to watch. They were kind of a team to watch for us last year. Had Pirates. a disappointing ending of the season. Yeah. This go around, I think they will still stay up there, but they, I, I think they lose to Linfield, and probably that decides the conference. You pick Linfield and Pacific. Why Pacific? I think it was a combination of factors, but Pacific had, you know, they kind of had a 500 spring season. You know, the fall, they won some games. They lost some games maybe they could have won. Once again, so my, my picks are really more on, like, the dark horse, like who, you know, maybe finished under 500 that could break 500 this season. Feels like Pacific might be one of those teams. And last but not least, in the WEAC, and yes, I did say WEAC. Why? No, we. 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 Okay. As in you and I, we. But not why. Okay. Why ask why? Okay. We're done with that now. Uh, you'll see why we're doing that. I mean, we are doing whatever. Uh, <laughs> that is because uh, we have from Oshkosh, a, a team that really exemplifies that need for a second chance and unfinished business here, we feel. Uh, Peter Jennings, their head coach and defensive back, Kyle Scherenbrock, they joined us and talked about uh, Coach Jennings, uh, now a new head coach himself here, mm -hmm. and what he's going to bring to the table or what he's expecting from his team. And Kyle, who's kind of an old standard bearer for his team, about the leadership he and others will be providing this season. Coach and Kyle, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, unfinished business, second chances, that's kind of our theme of our preseason shows. And, Kyle, for your senior class especially, it seems like unfinished business is true here because the deepest run that your class has had was to the first round of the playoffs, which is kind of, based on the last decade or so of Titans history, a little bit, short of what's the expectation now uh, that the program has really come up over the last uh, decade plus. How does it feel here going into the senior season? Is there unfinished business for your senior class especially? Definitely. I would definitely say so. Um, like you said, it's not really where we want it to be uh, for our class. You know, 
my senior year, the team went to the national championship. My freshman year, they went to the semifinals. So we obviously have the expectation to hold up where they were in the past. And making it to the first round is not where we want to be. But this year, um, definitely have a lot of work to put in. Definitely had a lot of high expectations for the team and for the players. And a lot of guys came back for that reason. We just want to make a run and do it for the guys that are younger than us, set the example, set the bar, set the standard, and set the foundation for years to come to get the program back on the right track. Uh, Coach, you're obviously no stranger to the to the WIAC, um, you know, arguably the best conference in the country, although some people call it the WIAC, the WIAC, and maybe you can answer that on, on another show. But uh, I know I crashed one of your Twitter spaces, um, you know, kind of talk when you were just getting reintroduced and, and uh, tell us a little bit about how it's been for you, um, you know, getting you, you know, your staff and, and, and program, your, your version of the Titans program up and running over the summer. Yeah, I actually was just talking to our wide receivers coach a few minutes ago and just saying how, you know, every month you that I've been a head coach, it, it starts to become a little bit easier, a little bit easier. You feel like you have um, better better ground or, you know, better footing on, on, on what you're trying to do. Uh, we've had a we've had a decent amount of staff turnover uh, with Coach Vinay taking the head coaching job at UW Stevens Point and taking a couple guys with him. Um, we've been able to hire some phenomenal coaches, some great football minds, some great leaders, and, and really excited about how they've been uh, interacting with our players throughout fall camp and, and the product that we've put on the field for fall camp, um, truly. And, uh, you know, just and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit, but I, I'm going down that rabbit hole. You know, you always worry. Can you can can you can, can your vision um, be put into action? And our guys, our coaching staff, through the first 12 days of fall camp, it's been phenomenal. We had two joint practices. We split the squad um, and, and had a joint practice on Friday with the, with the program up here, and then on Saturday took the other half and, and had another joint practice and. Just we were so clean, and I'm not saying we executed every play perfectly or anything like that. But we didn't sure. have substitution errors. We didn't have delayed games. We didn't have you know we only had a couple of false starts. I mean, and those are the things that, as a new head coach and a new staff with a new group of guys, you just worry about. And 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 I'm real. I take a lot of pride in putting a clean product on the field uh, when I was a coordinator, and I'm taking a lot of pride in putting a clean product on on the field as a head coach. And our staff is bought in, and our our players obviously are executing that at a, at a very high level. Um, take that back a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm no stranger to the WEAC, and I, I, you know, I don't know why I call it the WEAC, but I call it the WEAC, and I, I, I appreciate <laughs> that you have a lot of listeners across the country, and you don't want to, and you don't want to say it's the best co conference in the country, but I will say that it's the best conference in the country. Um, sorry to, to the CCIW and the OSC, facts are facts. And yeah, we've got, you know, we, we talk about playoffs, we talk about deep runs. If you win the WEAC, you can do just about anything. I mean, we saw that in 19. Um, you've seen it a, a number of years, right? That, that um, in 18 and, uh, or in, eight, in 19, and then in uh, what was it, 16 that, that we tied for the championship or, and made the semifinal run. I'm still boning up on all my deep Titan playoff runs, um, but um, it, if you do well in the WEAC, you can you can win a lot of football games in, in the postseason, and that's that's where our focus is uh, is making sure that we're putting the best product on the field day in day out. So the accumulation of growth uh, really comes to fruition um, once we hit uh, conference and 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 hopefully throughout the the conference season.
Okay, but now I've got the, I, I guess, a question of questions that I'm going to get in trouble for when I ask it here, but here we go. Coach, you were with Wisconsin Whitewater last year. That was the team to first uh, beat, I believe, or a second beat in a, a little chunk at the beginning of the season there, Oshkosh. And so one would think that you might know a little bit about A, the deficiencies at Oshkosh, and B, what you can do to overcome them. Now, when it comes to that game, especially in the season, I mean, do you feel like you can turn around the fortunes? Do you know the right playbook here, ultimately, to beat Wisconsin Whitewater when you face them in this season? Yeah, it's, you, you're opening up Pandora's box there, Frank. <laughs> um, that There's a shot that that, that that game has a ton of meaning, a ton of national implications, right? There's also a shot because of the non-conference schedule both teams play that that game doesn't have as much meaning, right? I mean, it, because of who we are in each program is, I mean, you're playing heavy hitter after heavy hitter at non-conference, and um, you know that's that's the truth for most of the WEAC, but but especially you know when you talk about Whitewater and Oshkosh, uh, scouting Oshkosh for for three years, and, and then having the COVID year where all you did is watch film uh, in the WEAC because we weren't uh, able to play any games. Um, you, you know, we I had a very good idea of what I was getting myself into taking on the head coaching job here, not just schematically what we do well offensively and defensively and special teams, but then also personnel, right? Like I knew I knew Kyle in and out, right? Did not as a person, but as a player, right? I know I knew Kobe Berghammer, our quarterback, in and out, Tori Jandron, our, our starting Mike, right? I knew these guys. I knew who they were. I knew who they, how they could play. I didn't know them personally, but, you know, obviously I knew we had a ton of talent here. Um, yeah, I spent a, a lot of time trying to crack the Pat Cerrone and Craig Stenbrotten defensive code and, and I was on the other side of the ball of, um, you know, Rob Erickson uh, and Jace Rindle trying to crack the Luke Vinay code. And so, you know, I think I had a pretty good idea what the deficiencies are here. I, I also, you know, practiced against those guys and practiced with the guys down at Whitewater for, for four years. So I think I have a pretty good idea of, of things that cause them issues. Now, you and I both know I can drop the, the best play. And if we're playing against Alabama, it won't matter. And if, if, and somebody can have the best game plan against UW Oshkosh, and if they're just outmanned, it's not going to matter. So um, there, there, it does come to that. But I think that uh, when we talk about talent, we got a heck, we got a heck of a lot of talent up here in the Fox Valley. And we got a lot of talent on campus right now and it's showing in fall camp. So I'm really excited to see those guys uh, get turned loose September 3rd. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, this is normally a question that you would ask a coach, but it would be great to get a player perspective. Um, you've got some new teams on your schedule. It's not always easy for WEAC teams to, to <laughs> schedule games, but you've got one from, from Texas coming up to play you guys, and you're going to be traveling um, you know, down south uh, to Mississippi to um, play Millsaps, which, I mean, last season you had like that two or three, it was almost like a two or three week bye um, in between game two and, and three is the team a little feel like it's going to be an easier road for them to know that you got, you know, 10 games, you know, one bye week, you're not going to be sitting idle for an extended period of time. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely love the range of competition we're able to get. I never realized how hard it was for us to find non-conference games until this last year where it took us forever to find that third game. But I guess teams just don't want to play us, which is understandable. <laughs> But, no, I love the range of competition. Like you said, you can get a team up from Texas and then going down to Millsaps. It's just different competition, different schemes, different personnel that you might not see up here in the WEAC. But I love it. And 
to address the two week delay that we had or two week buy that we had last year, I definitely think that we could have done without because it was just maybe a little too much time to sit around and we might have over game planned a little for some of opponents. So being able to just stay in the flow, stay in the rhythm of the season and get that third and 10th game, um, I think it's going to be a lot better for us as a team. One other quick one, Frank, just and maybe for, you know, for Coach Jennings, was it was it your call or was it you know the the ads? I mean, the Whitewater game we were just talking about is going to be a Friday night game. And when was the last time you know these two programs had a Friday night lights type of matchup? That's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I, it, it's 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 great, James. It's just fantastic. No, no, <laughs> Friday nights for high school football. We should be playing on a Saturday. It's um. The, the state band competition um, for, for Wisconsin is held on that weekend. And so every four years or every other year, uh, Whitewater will host a home game on that weekend. And it has to move to Friday. That's written into the uh, conference bylaws. Uh, I don't know why you can't just exchange that weekend with a home game from another team. Um, when, I, when I was at Whitewater, I thought it was I – didn't, I didn't love it. Now that I'm here, I don't love it. Um, you know, our, our – it could be an awesome environment, but I also I don't want to take away from high school football. High school football is so special, and there's it's it's almost yeah. got a romantic feel to it. Um, the pageantry and everything that comes to comes with small schools, and, and especially in Whitewater in that area, it's not a huge area, right? So the, if we're playing on a Friday night now, how many people are going to be at Milton? How many people are going to be at Fort Atkinson? How many people are going to be at, at Whitewater? And and I just I, I I don't love that. I'm we'll, you know we have a saying up here: spot the damn ball, and you know what? On Friday night, spot the damn ball, and we'll get after it. But um, I'd much rather be playing that at one o'clock on a on a sunny Saturday um, with south yeah. south uh, southeast winds at seventeen miles an hour because that's all you get at Perkins Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I love the Wisconsin teams and the guests we have on for the utter candor we get all the time. They they never hold back the truth. Uh, Cerrone was no different back when that I've talked to him on D3Football.com side and, you know, all the coaches at Whitewater along the way, Lance Leipold especially, you always get a direct and uh, true answer, that's for sure. Kyle, here's one for you, though. Since you started at Oshkosh, it seems like the WEAC, I'll, I'll adopt it at least for now uh, with you guys, uh, <laughs> has really turned into a much closer conference in the top half of it. And the top half that's formed seems to be Whitewater, Oshkosh, Platteville, Lacrosse, and River Falls now uh, kind of joining the fray. What do you lend that to? Is that Whitewater and Oshkosh maybe coming down uh, from the high heavens a little bit, which I don't think would be true based on the fact that I know you know what the uh, playoffs looked like last year with Whitewater in it and who they almost beat uh, ultimately, or at least had a good decent chance to be in uh, the semis or is this really the rest of the teams being able to somehow I, I don't know where they grow them at in Wisconsin but get better and better recruits because they're upping their game trying to reach those Whitewater and Oshkosh Heights now yeah I definitely think it's um, an improvement of talent across the board I think every team in the WEAC has uber amounts of talent and I think that shows in postseason and non-conference games where you see River Falls win the first Culver's Isthmus Bowl last year. You see Lacrosse and Whitewater make deep runs in the playoffs. And then I think even us at Ashkosh being the fourth seed, I think we could have made a run last year just with the talent we had. 
I definitely, and then you see teams like Stout who have a very talented offense, one of the most high-powered offenses in the country, and they don't even make the playoffs. So I think it's just there's not a lack of talent up here in the, in the northern states, and I think that really shows um, when you see these games where we play other teams from across the country, and I think we're just going to keep getting better with more coaching staffs and better recruiting. Um, I think the talent is just going to keep going up, and Every Saturday in the WEAC, anyone can win any game, so it's always it's always a dogfight. I just want to follow up a little bit uh, with you and talk a little X's and O's here uh, because we are getting close to kickoff time. Uh, you are a very good safety. I think you had one of your best games uh, in terms of uh, tackle total at the end of last season. And for you personally uh, on defense, how is that maturation of the secondary uh, coming along? I mean, who did you lose? Who did you retain? Who did you gain uh, this season that we should be looking out for, especially in the secondary of that defensive backfield? Definitely. Well, definitely I'm on the safety side. Uh, Carson Raddatz coming back, uh, two-time WEAC Player of the Week from last year in honorable mention safety. Uh, one of my brothers, one of the best safeties, I think, in the WEAC as well. Uh, very talented guy. And then we have Eli Trinnell, who, when we run our three safety sets, will most likely come in at that third safety. Another guy with a good amount of experience and just a good head on his shoulders and great player all around. And I think one of the most underrated players in the WEAC right now is Jared Sod, our boundary corner. Um, he's done a great job locking up that boundary side these last two years, and this year's not going to be any different. The one spot that I would say is a toss-up right now is our field corner. Obviously, we lost, we lost our three-year starter in Colin Byer last year. Um, a great, great leader, great player, and right now it's a battle for that spot, and I think whoever wins it is going to be solid. I agree. I guess you guys can always play it safe and do the one game at a time, but I figured I would just throw out the obligatory, you know, where where have you, have you guys sort of set your expectations for uh, you know for the season? When you kind of look back on it, when it's all said and done, what do you hope you've accomplished? I can take it. So we have our we have our team model right now. It's twelve, and we have that because right now the biggest thing on our mind is that twelfth conference title. Um, whether or not we get that this year, obviously would be great. But we want to set the foundation to get to that twelfth conference title at some point and. That's what we're working towards. I think last year, with the talent and the guys that we had, we had our sights set too high. You know, we had national championship on our mind, and we had big dreams, and we kind of lost sight of that going through the season where we lost a couple games and we weren't focusing week to week. I think we're going to really take a step back, and with the new coaching staff and everything, I think it was kind of like a fresh start where we can now just focus week to week and win one game at a time and be 1-0 and every week. I love the uh, idea there. Uh, he basically said, Coach, I got this one. That's senior leadership for you right <laughs> there. Uh, it makes it easier on you, right, Coach? Come on. That's exactly right. We have we have a phenomenal group of leaders here. I mean, really, like I get goosebumps talking about it. And that's they've helped make this transition so much easier than it would have had to be um, or than it could have been. I mean, there is a strong, strong culture here and a strong foundation that was built by Coach Cerrone and all the past coaches and players. And Kyle and his group have, have done a phenomenal job of welcoming welcoming me with open arms and, and really taking the reins on on a lot of different tasks that you know would have given me 
many more gray, gray hairs a lot earlier if I didn't have them. So I'm very appreciative of that. So, yeah, I'm glad he stepped up and took that because he said it better than I would have. Well, uh, he's got something else he's going to go first on here because uh, normally we reserve this for player guests. But, Coach, uh, since you're a new kid on the block, at least uh, in this role, uh, we're going to give you an opportunity for it as well. Any shout-outs for any uh, family, friends, teammates, et cetera, that might be watching? Kyle, you go first. Coach, you go second. The floor is yours for shout-outs. Uh, shout-outs? Uh, I'd love to give a shout-out to... Um... Cam Brown, Turf Shredders, my trainer, one of my guys that has been training me since my freshman year, helped turn me into the guy I am today. Um, Jeff over at Jet Functional Fitness in Oshkosh, another great, great organization. And then just my family who's been by my side the entire time, been a really big support in my journey through college football and my friends who have supported me, my teammates and my brothers who have never shied away from showing me that they have confidence in me and telling me how much of a leader I am to them. So great group of guys. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have to say that uh, I got to give a shout out to, to my family, my, my wife, my kids. You know, we're lucky that um, this great program was only 90 miles north, so it wasn't a drastic region change. Um, and it, it, it really, this area fits our lifestyle. So my kids have adapted really well, but it's tough to take an eight, nine year old away from their friends. And um, they, they had a really good niche in their, in their school and in their youth sports and everything they did. So for them to be so open-minded and say, Hey dad, you've always wanted to be a head coach. Like, let's, let's go. Um, they, they made it easy. And my wife being open to, to continuing to, to chase my dreams of being a head coach and, and, and you know, being a head coach at a place where you can compete nationally. Um, that's phenomenal. And then I've got, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't have been able to make it on what I was getting paid early in my career if I didn't have a great set of parents and a great set of in-laws that when we needed groceries, uh, you know, we had groceries. And, and, and I can't say thank you enough to, to my mom and dad, Rose and Henry, and my father-in-law and mother-in-law, uh, Craig and Linda Nelson. They, 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 they've helped make this, this dream a reality. And, and now I'm, I'm just living my best life. I go home every night. It's later in hell. I go home every night and tell Kim I just had the best day I've ever had, and that's that, that's it's in a large part, huge part to to the support my family's my family's been giving me. Now I go home and tell my wife I, I just had the greatest day ever. It was even better than yesterday, and she's like, "Well, I had the kids all day because she works from home." <laughs> like, well, maybe, maybe 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 keep your excitement down a little bit. It's eleven p.m. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The moms are the real MVPs, man. Amen to that. Amen to that. You know, there's two, there's a soccer practice and a football practice. She's got to get my two to tonight. And I don't know how she's going to do it, but she'll find a way. <laughs> well, no reason to ask why at this point. No, no, it's 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 all we, and we we are on board, Coach. But who do we pick to win the conference? Oh, well, I think the river always runs through Whitewater. Wow. Ba-doo. Uh, indeed, we do match on this one uh, in its entirety. Whitewater is both of our picks to win the uh, conference overall. You know what's pretty funny, Frank? Uh, I don't know. So we, we have the benefit of doing this episode after a lot of the preseason polls came out. And, and we did these picks before that. So, But what, the thing I thought was funny about the WEAC was that their preseason poll was exactly what the 2001 standings were. It's like just a copy and paste. 2021? 2021, right. <laughs> yeah, good, good catch. They might be the same as the 2001 also, though, for all Maybe. we know. We've yeah. got to go back and look oh, now. Yeah. But uh, UWO is our team uh, to watch. Uh, was that the case in theirs, or was it uh, lacrosse? I can't remember. 
I think it was. I think it was lacrosse. I mean, you know, they obviously had a pretty breakthrough season. Yep. Um, you know, they went toe to toe. River Falls up there too. Yeah, River Falls yep. went and won the first Isthmus Bowl. I mean, but UWO is a team that's not that far removed from playing in a Stag Bowl. Finished fourth place last year. New head coach, new system, new program. Guy came over from Whitewater. He knows what the secret sauce is. It may not happen this year, but I think we can start thinking to look at the Titans as one of the top contenders in the WEAC for many years to come. I remember 2016, uh, an occasion where we had two noobs uh, basically in that stag bowl. Yep. Mary Harden Baylor. We're not really supposed to talk about that one according to the NCA, but you know, whatever. It happened. And Sorry. Uh, UWO uh, played them, and it was a good game, yep. but uh, Mary Harden Baylor won it at least uh, on the scoreboard. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, six years removed, five seasons removed technically. It's not that long ago. Yeah. And now with Pat Cerrone kind of gone uh, for various reasons there, uh, having Coach Jennings there, he, like you said, having that experience from Whitewater, that's a game changer, I think, a yeah. little bit for them. Absolutely. I expect them to be back with a vengeance, if not this year, over the next two to three years, indeed. Yep. So, okay, again, we're going to have some uh, content coming up for the rest of the weekend or week to weekend, basically, so stay tuned for that. But final thoughts here about the preseason, the lead-up to 2022's kickoff, JB. A lot of excitement from our uh, shows so far and everything yep. that we've been posting on Twitter and whatnot. I, I think we're starved for some COVID-free football <laughs> to the degree we can do it. Yeah, and the, the thing that's great, at least, you know, I think overall, nationally, there's some fantastic you know, inter-regional games that are happening in week one and week two, and even in week three, I think, uh, technically. So we're going to see some stuff that we haven't really gotten to see in a long time, how it will impact the playoff runs, you know, 11 weeks later is TBD, but there's going to be some fantastic games to watch. And the beauty about D3, you know, pretty much all online, you know, as long as you got a computer, you can point and click, you're good to go. Might help you point and click on Thursday. Regardless, we are going to be all over the map this uh, season again. Might see this guy uh, joining me once or twice this year. We'll see what happens That's, with that as well. Be awesome, yeah. It would be, but uh, stay tuned, folks. And thanks for joining us on all of our preseason specials. Let's start the 2022 season tomorrow if you're watching us on wednesday we will have kickoffs in different regions throughout the country friday as well and then saturday the big crux of games get ready for the armchair watching of a lot of games oh yeah in d3 we'll see you then